LMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding. The street is full of corruption. It is baked in to every aspect of our society. 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This is written over 100 years ago. Can you guys hear me? Say yay, man, in the chat here real quick. Thank you very much, Ty. I'm going to do my best to entertain. But let's see. Can you all hear me okay? Just hands up. We good? Good in the crowd? You hearing me fine? All right. Well, I'm going to take the chance that you're hearing me fine, and I'm just going to say, welcome to the Rogue Scholar. It's Steve Grumbine. And um, we're going to do... <laughs> We're going to do a little bit of fun here, right? This is going to kind of be a, um, let's call it a reaction video. Okay, let's, let's call it a reaction video. Um, but before I get into this, I want to say for the record, I love you, Jordan. Jordan is my good friend. And, you know, when I'm feeling better, when I'm well, he always brings me on to talk economics. Recently, he had Wolf come on and talk about the banks. And... Once again, Wolf is just not, there's things Wolf is good at and there's things he's not good at. And most of it has to do with banking, monetary operations, and macroeconomics. The guy is just, he's not the guy you go to. He just isn't. It's, and for those people that offends, guys, grow a spine, grow up, Peter Pan, Count Chocula. Come on. It's like asking Scuba Steve to, for, for, you know, parenting advice, right? But anyway, all that being said, quick, quick couple statements. I interviewed Brian Roman Chuck, who gave a incredible primer on uh, basically how banks go bankrupt and how they um, they you know move on and they're required by their banks. And I want to be clear also. I know it's all the rage. Uh, you know, I, I God, I want. I want to be normie, right? I want to be normal. I want to be able to say stupid things like bank bailout when it's not a bank bailout, right? I want to be able to say that because I want to be like everybody else. I'm tired of being a nail that's popped up for somebody to take a hammer and crack down on. I just want to be normal. I just want to be able to say dumb things and get away with it. I mean, other people have huge video channels where they get a thousand people watching live and they say dumb shit all the time. They don't even care if they're telling the truth. As long as they have community, they're okay. The problem is, is that for every five words of idiocy, these groups say, it takes 10,000 words to unfuck society. And you're always trying to play catch up because it doesn't take long to figure out how all you got to do is issue five words to fuck it up. And somebody else got to issue 10,000 words to clean it up. Every time they drop these five words and they do it every day, multiple times a day, the 10,000 words start stacking up and we become bankrupt. We become insolvent for knowledge because we can't get it out fast enough to shut down the cranks and the idiocy. That's a problem, right? That is a problem. And unfortunately, you guys probably play into that problem by watching these shitbird channels that don't understand economics but have big shows on bank bailouts, okay? And then you repeat that like you did your Bitcoin's going to take over the dollar and all the other things. Oh, the end of the dollar. And it's very frustrating. God, I wish I could join you on the idiot train. I wish I could join you on that train and say things that just ain't so. But I can't. And that sucks. That puts me in a bad place. So forgive me. 
All right. So let's go ahead and take a look. We're going to be looking at our guy, Larry Summers. And John Stewart had Larry Summers on to talk about inflation and stuff. Now, we're only going to deal with a seven-minute clip. We're not looking at the entire thing, okay? And the reason why I got these cans on is so that I can actually hear um, the, uh, basically hear the, um, you know, the, the video. So hopefully we won't have any problems and you'll hear the video just fine. In the meantime, here we go. So let's make sure I've got this right here. Something tells me I'm going to have to redo. Yeah, I'm going to have to redo this. So one second and let's stop screen sharing and let's restart screen sharing. Ay, 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 ay. All the world's a stage. Here we go. All right, folks. So we're going to go ahead and give you the Larry Summers once over. And this is kind of hilarious in its own right, but that's the way you get it with Larry Summers. So here we go. What basically happened to us as we had massive stimulus and an economy that could only produce so much, we had huge levels of demand and those huge levels of demand pushing up prices and pushing up wages. Ultimately, it was, uh, you put too much water in the bathtub, the bathtub overflows. You put too much demand into uh, the economy and you get high and rising uh, prices. But the San Francisco Fed says that is, demand is maybe 30 to 35% of the inflation. Wages are really around 20% of the inflation. There's a huge corporate profit aspect to it. There's a huge supply chain aspect to it. But our method for controlling it seems really much more focused on wages and employment. There's certain sicknesses you can have where there's a drug and it has side effects and everybody hates the side effects and no doctor wants their patient to suffer the side effects. But if you don't address the sickness, you're gonna have a bigger problem down the road. But the stock market assets have gone up 150%. Look at that. CEO market. pay has gone up 1,500%. <laughs> Workers' wages haven't gone up at all. I think you're misdiagnosing the sickness. First, John, inequality is terrible. The most serious problem the American economy has has been the cleavages between those like <laughs> you and me who are very fortunate. That's why we need a strategy of strengthening uh, labor power uh, in the economy. The question, though, is, is it an issue that somebody who's control is over setting interest rates and printing money shut up and do much about now you could say Boom. that they shouldn't have responded to the 2009 recession Boom by again. cutting money yeah. by cutting interest rates you could yes but good. do you really think and certainly that wasn't what progressives were saying at that time might have been doesn't at matter that time, Hold on, hold on. So let's 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 talk about this for a second. You and I, regular people, just sitting around, earning a paycheck, and Larry Summers thinks, "Hey, you don't like the drug; it has side effects, and those side effects are yucky." But we're gonna have to use this drug. It's called interest rate hikes and layoffs. 
because you people down there are we have to discipline this inflation problem being created up there we got to we got to fight that inflation problem up there by punching you down there now i want you to understand right off the bat neither stewart nor summers i am not busting on stewart stewart's just a host summers is a paid murderer okay and the people that say larry summers is a good guy and he's just he's a murderer and to give him air cover is makes you an accomplice to murder in my opinion to be kind to larry summers is to be an accomplice to murder to aiding and abetting a murderer's reputation to ensuring that he still gets on john stewart to spew this crap in front of huge audiences okay here's the thing we know full well that the economy is based on the availability of real resources we know that during the pandemic we brought the production largely to a crawl okay we know that we gave people money to keep them in their homes we know that we gave people additional unemployment insurance during this time to facilitate their ability to stay solvent during this shutdown that was once again of no doing of their own okay larry summers however has a problem with that he wants to make sure investors continue to gain money continue to win big continue to get that 150 percent investment in uh bump he wants to make sure that the rich stay rich he wants to make sure that rather than control prices rather than color commodities rather than putting the brakes on corporate gouging rather than prosecuting businesses that are attempting to capitalize during a pandemic he would rather put that pain that, that the, the pain point on you and i the regular people okay now the other big thing that jackass said in there that i think is worth making a point about is he talked about you put too much in and it overflows he was using that shitty bathtub analogy okay the fact of the matter is the amount of money in the system has really no impact on inflation that's not the deal any impact the amount of money in the system that would have on inflation is merely that alt media people allow dipshits to come on their shows and talk about inflation stuff without understanding it that's number one so regular people think that they printed money and because they printed money it created inflation no wrong that's not how that works the second thing is because people have the ability to exact demand in other words let's put it let's do a really hardcore scenario day one we have no health care only the people with lots and lots of money have access to doctors day two we implement medicare for all now every person on the street is able to go get their health care needs taken care of now it's got nothing to do with the money what it's got to do with is that suddenly people that previously didn't have access to health care suddenly have access to health care and there's not enough doctors and not enough nurses or not enough gurneys there's not enough phlebotomists there's not enough beds x-ray whatever <clears throat> and so at that point in time you have a decision to make do you put price controls on and say we understand there's a shortage there but you're not allowed to gouge that the most you're able to do is say add five percent or something like that to your cost 
And if we find that you do 6%, we'll come after you and put you in jail. Something like that. Price controls are a real thing. They're a possibility. There's a way of doing that. The other thing to do is to know full well, hey, we're going to go ahead and we're going to try to start incentivizing students to go into medical profession to begin to get their doctor stuff because it takes eight years to bake a doctor plus rotations and all that other crap. If you're a nurse practitioner, I think it's like six years plus rotations, et cetera. In the end, you have to have the real resources to provide the service. That's it. It has nothing to do with the cash because let's say we, I hate this term, but I'm going to use it because a lot of bad people do it. We're going to print $1 trillion. Now, if I give that $1 trillion to one person, they're not going to go out and buy a million loaves of bread. They're not going to go out and buy a million gallons of milk. They're not going to suddenly have a new demand for petroleum products. They're going to do what they normally do. They'll probably take that money they got and invest it and try and earn interest on it. So that money won't be driving shortages of anything. Okay. Take that same trillion dollars and give that to every single person in the hood, on the street, homeless, at the shelter. You name it. Give it a portion of that. The same trillion just spread differently. Now, all of a sudden, every one of those people has access and it bumps up your aggregate demand. See, it's about distribution. It's not about quantity. This is why I literally want to run fist as hard as I can make it. Maybe with, maybe with a thing of pennies in there, good thing of pennies or quarters and do a running flying leap and punch the people that talk about printing money, creating inflation, just literally as hard as I can top rope, drop the elbow, bam, you know, you get the figure four leg lock pile driver, rake the eyes, salt in the eyes, whatever. And then for good measure in my speedos, I want to be able to do a face squat right on them and fart. Just give them a good fart, right? Because there's no value in a person that talks about printing money causes inflation. There's just no value there. Zero sum value, okay? So remember, I just gave you the distributional thing. Because now you've got a bunch of people going after money. They're going after things. They're going after stuff. Most people, I'll give you an example. My teeth are rotting the fuck right out of my mouth. Okay. I don't have enough money to go out and pay a dentist to do what I need him to do, which is knock me out because I can't be numbed. So I need to be knocked out. That costs big bucks with an anesthesiologist. Then I got to get the actual work done. That probably requires a surgical specialist to do as well. So we're probably talking about several thousands of dollars. If suddenly I got several thousands of dollars in my hand, now I would be able to go get this thing done of extracting this horrible tooth that's been bothering me for four or five months and abscess. It's horrible. But in the meantime, I don't have the money, so I don't do it. You see how this works? So the demand is being placed on the dentist. Now, assuming that millions of people have let their dental care go to hell in a handbasket and you suddenly give them $2,000 each to go out and take care of whatever, but let's say medical, uh, in particular dental, now all of a sudden you better have enough dentists out there to be able to meet the demand. Otherwise, there's going to be long waits or the potential for them to raise prices, okay, which, you know, is a business decision. That's not some act of God. 
it's not like we have to raise prices because no, it's this four P's of marketing, understanding price and position. And the fact is they got to find the sweet spot. And if you know that there's excess money out there, in other words, people have additional capacity to spend. Their proclivity is to try to gobble up as much of that as it can before people find a replacement or spend it on something else. Okay. Anyway, let's go back to our guy, John Stewart, and let's hear more of Larry Summers' talk. Progressives were saying we need lower interest rates so people can borrow money to buy houses. And All right. Let's, let's talk real quickly about interest rates for a minute. Interest rates are a payment to somebody, right? You're paying interest. Who are you paying interest to? Okay. When they raise interest rates up, that's additional monies to banks. It's additional monies to people that have money. Okay. It's basically raising the price of credit. It's raising the price of doing that transaction. Okay. So the idea of an MMT would be let's have a zero interest rate policy. Okay. Period. Forever. A perpetual zero interest rate policy. And then on the backside of that, we literally would make sure we would put credit restrictions or we would put some form of controls on there. We would not just let it be the wild, wild west. But the idea of having interest rates is directly related to defending a positive interest rate on bonds. So if you want to try to maintain a positive interest rate, you've got to have the ability to sell bonds, raise and lower interests. And in many cases, those are free floating. So the interest rate goes like this. But in some cases, like we saw with the uh, Silicon Valley Bank, they bought many, many long-term assets with a fixed rate. They didn't buy a floating rate. So they were trapped at that low interest. A lot of their investment was at that very, very low 1%, 2% interest rate, okay? When now all of a sudden it's at 7%. So the raising interest rates destroyed the yield on those bonds and thus ruined their resale value and thus made... Silicon Valley Bank insolvent. This is one of those credit risks things where they didn't do the right mix of interest rate policies and interest rate swaps, buying some variable rate bonds to hold uh, counter if for some reason there was a huge interest rate spike, which we had not seen in many, many years since the 70s. So a lot of people just figured it would never happen again. The Fed went ahead and did it anyway. Okay. Now we know FDIC covers up to $250,000. For regular people, most people don't have two hundred and fifty-one thousand dollars. They have two. They don't even have two hundred fifty. They probably don't even have two hundred fifty bucks, much less two hundred fifty thousand. Okay. So, anyway, flash forward. What you're dealing with here, once again, once again, is Larry Summers and John Stewart feeds into this too. Okay. John Stewart's playing the game of yeah, we should have higher interest rates. Why? Because rich people need more money. Shut up, John Stewart. I mean. You're, I, I would love to know who was in his ear before this interview, training him up to talk with Larry Summers. Larry Summers is a fucking snake, okay? This guy is one of the worst human beings on the planet. He's one of those guys where if you could find a way to turn him into topsoil, you do it. Fertilizer, do it, man. He's, he's like Kissinger, only on the economic front, okay? A murderer. You know, at Khmer Rouge, that, that's, 
economics is Larry Summers Kemmer Rouge. Okay. He is a bad dude, just an awful human being. And I don't care what about professional courtesy is out there. You're going to see some economists say, well, Larry's a good guy. He's a good guy. Fuck you. He's a murderer. How's that? How's that? He's a fucking murderer, right? All right. So let's get back to Larry boy. Put people to work. But they were, we need they were stimulating it for car at the corporate level where they just put the money in the hands of the bankers and say, you decide. This pandemic was the first time the government, in my opinion, did the thing that they're supposed to do in a crisis. When you yep. look at the stimulus payments that went out, you know, 70% of it was being used for rent and food. Hello? And if you look at the recovery in the pandemic versus the recovery from 2008, when you stimulated the economy at the demand level, jobs had plunged in the pandemic and then they shot back up. The recovery in 2009 was painstaking, but the stock market did great. So our fiscal policy and our monetary policy has always been on the side of corporate easing. Just, just so we're clear, if you, yes. if you talk to African-American voters, right. to Hispanic voters, talk to voters who don't have college degrees, they regard the country's biggest problem as having to do with uh, inflation. Okay, okay. First of all, pasty white over here, chalky white of the real chalky white variety, not the great actor from The Wire and from uh, Boardwalk Empire. But this jackass, old Larnell Summers, look at him with his mouth agape. That's, that's the image of Larry Summers that I know right there. Right there, he's like staring, he's like, what can I chew on? Hey, there's a pile of dog shits, that white dog shit with the fur on it that you saw in Step Brothers. He's like jonesing for a thing of white dog shit. That man is just a bad dude. Just a bad dude, okay? Anyway, now that we got the pun out of the way, Larry Summers is sitting there trying to tell you that black and brown people in particular, are especially the uneducated ones, very concerned with inflation. Well, of course they are. Of course they're concerned with inflation. They have very limited means. And everything has gone up in price. So, of course, they have concerns about the cost of living going up. Larry Summers would rather lay them off to solve that problem, would rather cut jobs, cut spending, shrink the economy, dry it up, rather than put price controls and prosecute price gouging, prosecute those who are seen as being predatory. Rather than see, doing that, this motherfucker, once again, he's, he's going to, A, lift up black and brown people as if, oh, my God, these poor folks, you're sitting there talking shit, man, but these people really are concerned about inflation, and I'm here to be their savior. That's, that's Larry Summers. He's literally pulling out that card as if he's the white knight riding in to save black and brown people from inflation. The truth of the matter is what Larry is doing and what his ilk are doing are once again ensuring wealthy people get very much more wealthy. The interest rate payments alone are, they're the, one of the very few things that has kept the economy out of recession. That's how huge the interest payments are. That, that each interest rate hike is net new money into the system, okay? That's net new money into the system. 
and by pumping net new money into the system. It has allowed the economy to live on a trickle-down basis. The rich get it first, and if they decide to wipe their ass with nice toilet paper, somebody gets paid for the white toilet paper. Or if they decide to hire the help on the yacht, then it trickles down. Okay? But largely, this interest rate hike is just a handout. It's a basic income guarantee for the richest motherfuckers on the planet. Larry should be literally drug behind a, 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 a very, very fast car in public, drawn and quartered, and literally put his head on a pike as the person who is literally double-speaking the poor, double-speaking the poor, the worst possible human being on the planet. Please don't let me find you elevating Larry Summers because I will chase you down and I will literally mock and scold you and embarrass and shame you. You deserve it. and You'll thank me later for it. But in the meantime, you won't like me much because I will be ruthless. And I think it's time to be ruthless with our alt-media friends and all the others that are not taking it seriously about being accurate on the economics. They're not taking it seriously, and they are misleading millions of people. I wish we had reach of millions of people. Call me jaded. Call me surly. Call me pissed. But I do not respect people that just say things, don't understand what they're talking about, don't fact check. And then all of a sudden, every lemming that follows them repeats the shit over and over and over again. All right, let's get back to Lawrence of Olivier. Mm -hmm. So while you may see this as having been tremendously uh, successful, our fellow Americans who don't live as comfortably as you and I do have a lot of questions, John, about what's happened. And it's not hard to understand why they have a lot of questions. That. Well, then in light of what's happened right. to... Their purchasing power. But you're suggesting we their took purchasing a good power. idea and overdid it. I disagree. By providing I just disagree. For too much uh, so inflation. But what you're not addressing is not all of inflation was stimulus. The tools that we have, though, are basically saying to somebody, everyone's paying more for gas and groceries, and that's really hard. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to throw 10 million of them out of work so that we all don't have to share that burden. Why aren't we attacking Damn. corporate profit in any way? Hell yeah. That's been estimated to be 30% of inflation. Fucking A right. 40% of inflation. I don't think it's a tenable view that all of a sudden corporations became greedy. Shut of course there's monopolies in the economy, John. We should be for They've been much more aggressive earnings calls. On their earnings calls, they're saying, our profits have never been higher. We're killing it. The markups during the pandemic are sometimes they're saying 70% of what they were. There was a huge increase in the demand for through television commentary. I imagine the demand for what you do would go way up. I imagine you convert that into higher wages and getting more and getting paid better. You're saying it's the market at work. I don't think you'd call yourself a gouger. Um, when you, I would absolutely when, call myself a when gouger. you did that. Um, and by the way, the effect of murderer, uh, the talk show never business is very different than the effect of ExxonMobil, right? I mean, let's be fair. 
that, that. Look at that face. Look at that face. Look at that face. That is the face of evil, folks. That is the face of evil right there. That is the face of evil. Look right there, man. Fuck Kissinger. Larry Summers, he's got Kissinger beat. Because I, I try and tell this to people, and unfortunately, and, and then let me go, let me go full screen for this. Unfortunately, I have not been able to make you, alternative media, other allies in the movement, recognize that austerity is murder. I have not made people recognize and repeat and fight back that these things are killing more than our wars kill because people don't relate this as a gun to the head. But let me ask you a question. Do the study. You can go out there and I, I'll show it to you at some point. I've shown it many times. But when you lay people off, when people are unemployed, what is the suicide rate of people that feel like it's hopeless and they've lost their job and they're going to lose their home and they're going to lose their family and everything? Tell me. Tell me whether or not. So why is it that we are always talking about Nazis in Ukraine? Instead of realizing that this economic system and the way they approach things, when the U.S. raises interest rates, it fucks everyone around the world. Do you know this? Because those countries that have dollar-denominated debt are now in even worse positions. It fucks everyone. And those people who are already living hand-to-mouth are put in an even worse situation. In the United States, the people on the margins, when they do this stuff, they end up losing their homes, losing everything. When will we understand that this is a real gun to the head? This is a real murder. It just didn't happen via a bomb or a nuclear weapon or a tank. Just like sanctions are murder. Sanctions kill the poor in other countries as well. What about not getting this? Why do you never hear alt media focus on this? Why do you think they're always focused on Nazis, the Azov Battalion, or whatever? Why do you think the 900-member Azov Battalion, they're talking about laying off 10 million fucking people. Most likely, out of those, let's say 50% have full-blown families they're responsible for. I don't know. Maybe more than that. Why is it? that we can't get them to understand that this is ground zero. Everybody says, follow the money. Everyone says, follow the money. Follow the money. When I tell you, follow the money, it starts with the government spending on the people. If the government doesn't spend on the people, if it tightens its belt, what does it do? It puts you and I to private debt. Well, I have a friend who was just homeless. He wasn't homeless. He became homeless. He's suddenly employed and no longer homeless. He couldn't get a bank account. He couldn't get access to basic financial services because he had no residence. See, this stuff cascades and starts steamrolling down and bludgeons people, and then they can't get a hotel room. They can't get a beat-up car to sit on blocks to sleep in. They can't get a storage unit to sleep in. They can't sleep on a bench because they're passing laws to outlaw poverty, but yet they create poverty. 
Why are we not talking about austerity as murder 24 fucking by seven? Why is it we allow the 900 member Azov battalion to overturn millions of fucking deaths because people are too cool? That's it. They didn't think about it. So their pride and their fucking ego ain't going to let them talk about it. And if they do, they're going to find somebody that doesn't fucking understand, prop them up, and here we go again, 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 for the five billionth fucking time. Unacceptable, unforgivable, quite frankly. Unfucking forgivable. Let's listen to more bullshit with Larry Summers. Correct. And I think Apple TV is worth about five times as much as Exxon. I think Apple's price since the stimulus began, Apple's value has gone up by about $1.2 trillion. Right. That's $4,000 for every American, just an increase in the value of uh, you, Apple. You just made my do point you, for me. Do you feel that Apple is somehow gouging yes. something wrong? Yes. yes. Of course. Hey. And Exxon is. And Mobile is. Let's talk about Apple. Let's talk about Apple. Do you, do you think okay. Apple could I, just sell give John phones for less and not have enough phones? What would you have Apple? What would you have Apple do? You're saying to me, John, market forces are market forces. And if demand goes up, are you suggesting, young man, that Apple should charge less than they could charge? Let me flip that on you. When there's a tightness in the labor market, what you're saying is, the workers shouldn't do the same. That the workers Amen. are following yeah, right. capitalistic principles that allow Apple to charge more for their phones shouldn't charge more because wage inflation is driving that's inflation. That's not at all what I'm saying. Definitely exactly Jack what Actually, it isn't. Stop. Every worker should get as high a wage as they can. It would be a terrible idea. But the every is going to intervene. The when, Fed is going to intervene to make that not possible. No. Yes. The Fed is intervening to control the overall level of demand growth. And what because will that do to and what will that do to the labor market? Much faster. What will that than do to the labor market? Answer the fucking question, Larry. The labor market? It well, will it loosen likely it. to lead to, to looser labor markets. Uh, a somewhat Looser labor market. Exactly. All right, folks, I'm not going to stop this more. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and let it play through here. But I want to make sure that you understand. This is real. If we lay 10 million people off. I've been through this. My entire life changed during the global financial crisis. And every worthless, folks, when I, how can I put this in deep enough terms? Every worthless son of a bitch that the sun has always shined brightly on has not understood that it's not because of bad choices. Everybody makes bad choices. Not everybody ends up swept away losing everything because of them. As you can see, the depositors at, Silicon Valley Bank will be bailed out in fullness. Not the bank. Don't say that. Every one of them. These are rich motherfuckers. Okay? 
every step through this process, every step, there, guys like Summers want to discipline everything through the backs of the little people. If you remember, for all the hate that Bernie gets, and some, most of it these days is deserved, unfortunately. But if you look back, Bernie Sanders said, we are not going to balance the budget or the economy on the backs of the poor. That's exactly what jackasses like Larry Summers would do. Because in the end, and I've said this, and folks, if you're fucking so enraptured with our government, you're so enraptured with the concept of vote blue, you're so enraptured with the idea of I've got to beat up on Republicans because if you don't understand that in the end, what we're talking about here is once again ensuring at all times, at all costs, that wealth doesn't lose, that wealth is only doing the right thing because that's what Adam Smith said, the free hand, the, the invisible hand of the market, blah, blah, blah. If you're one of those bootlicking fucks that makes excuses for bad politicians not doing their job because, oh, what do you expect the Republicans, blah, blah, blah. You're part of the problem. I can't make it up. I won't change it. I won't sweeten it. I won't stroke your hair to make you feel better. We need people willing to create a cacophony, to create a real destabilizing event for people to recognize what they're doing. Because otherwise, people just lemming-like go through life, vote blue, vote for Summer, vote for Pedro, do this, do that. When we interviewed Mark Cuban with Pavlina Chernova and uh, Charles Hayden a few years back, Mark Cuban said point blank, listen, no matter what, raise my taxes, lower my taxes, fine me, do whatever, I will always win. In the end, the way it works when you have money is you, he'll always win. It'll always, he'll always come out on top. Can you say that about yourself? Can you say that about your life? Will you always come out on top? Do you ever not have to worry? I'm telling you right now, if we're not willing to take extraordinary measures and stop fucking glad, if you have a goddamn politician running for president, Marianne Williamson, for example, who doesn't fucking articulate this stuff, can you imagine Marianne Williamson dealing with the debt ceiling? Can you imagine her dealing with the debt limit? All the other stuff. Can you imagine her dealing with taxes, funding, spending? She's out there telling people how she's going to fund Medicare already. We need people that have a fucking spine and know how the shit works, that can articulate it and fight back against the Larry Summers of the world. And by the way, Larry Summers and Joe Biden, thickest thieves, homies, spooning buddies. All right. Let's go ahead and finish this one off. That uh, consequence. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. No. There you go. You did a good job there, huh? <laughs> Let me go ahead and just say, for the record, I like doing some of these reaction videos. I don't typically like doing them with other alt media. I don't. Um, you'll never see me do a take of a take of a take because I find that to be worthless. Um, but in this particular case, in this particular case, when I see 
something like this come up. You need to know how they're thinking about it. They just think it's no big deal. It's part of the part of the disease. We got to lay 10 million people off to, to quell this inflation because business isn't going to do it on their own. The only way to do it is make it so you people can't afford anything and that labor values start going down. That's, that's, their, that's their answer. That's their answer. And uh, <laughs> I, I think to myself, how many frenemies we have, how many frenemies that we have that are running around out there ready to start championing Marianne Williamson, not realizing that the only way a Marianne Williamson candidacy will do us any value from an education standpoint is if she fucking understands the monetary system, which somebody I saw say she read the deficit myth. Well, let me tell you, her language, which needs to be out there telling people this stuff, that's the only point of running in a primary because they're not going to let you win. Democratic Party is a private corporation. They've already fought successfully in court that they have no responsibility to run a goddamn uh, primary, much less a fair one, okay? Anybody tells you otherwise, they're not doing you a favor. They're lying to you. They're a sycophant, okay? And they're intentionally being doe-eyed, okay? We need smart people, smart people, fucking razor-sharp smart people, not lemmings. Because the battle that we're in the middle of is for real, man. These guys hold all the power. Okay? They hold all the power. We're not willing to organize because the big platforms are too busy telling you about shitcoin. They're too busy telling you about bank bailouts instead of depositor bailouts. And that is not a difference without distinction. The bank itself is gone. It's done. It's going to be sold off for parts or sold off to another bidder. It's done. The depositors are the ones being made whole. And the reason for that is several fold. Even though I don't have a lot of sympathy for that, I want to be crystal clear. It's not the bank being bailed out. So we've got an incredible amount of deprogramming to do. I reached out to Matt Ho, tried to see if I could have him on. Hasn't worked out so far. Um, but in any event, I want to make perfectly clear in the end that if you don't know modern monetary theory and you don't at least have a basic understanding of the way federal finance works, and if you don't understand the difference between the federal government, currency issuing government, and the states, if you don't understand there's a big loop, there's a big circuit, that's the federal government. They spend money right from the get-go out to these contracts. They don't print money. It's not like, hey, print some money so we can have more money. No. They spend money, they enter deposits to spend money on contracts that they bid through legislation, okay? The states get that money trickled down to them from those contracts, from the tax receipts, from the people that work in their state. That's how that money matriculates through to the states. They have to tax that money to be able to have operating revenue. And then those states buy bonds, some short-term, some long-term, fixed, floating, whatever, rates to make sure that they have the ability to provide the services that they do. Unfortunately, the frenemies in our midst, the frenemies in our movement would castigate me for saying a truth 
then castigate themselves for being ignoramuses, pushing the idea that states can do these things. States can do things. States are like a business. States don't have the ability to print money. States don't have the ability. And it's not, you don't, you don't just sometimes do an MMT payment plan. No, fucking MMT is the description of how federal finance works, period. Period, whatever they do, right? It's not there. Jill Stein once said, well, MMT is one way we could pay for it. No, it's not. No, it's not. MMT is not a way to pay for something. MMT describes how the system works. So it's the only fucking way it works. Get it? Got it? Good. Okay? So this is not about we're advocating printing money. If someone ever says that, literally fly across the room, literally clothesline them, clothesline them, drop the elbow, figure four leg lock, rake the eyes. Okay? Rake the eye. You have my permission to rake the eyes. Take the old folding chair and beat it over the head. Steel cage match. Do the whole thing. Okay? MMT shows us how it works, period. So I talked, just so you know, here's a comment here. <clears throat> and I interviewed Brian Romanchuk, who talked about Credit Suisse a little bit. And really, at the end of the day, Credit Suisse is really about being poorly managed. They have got themselves in way too many businesses. They're all over the place. And in the end, they are perpetual, like, black sheep in the business. Um, I, there's probably more to it than that. But that, that right there is a high-level view at the end, is that they're just extremely mismanaged in terms of uh, what they've got themselves invested in. All right. Anyway, with that, with that, I am going to be checking out. I will be on Political Misfits. You guys can catch me with John Kiriakou and Michelle Witte. Um, tomorrow will be a rogue scholar. Um, I'm not sure. I think it is uh, Raul Carrillo. Uh, Raul is um, a lawyer from uh, the Law and Political Economy Project at Yale. And we're talking about uh, transparency in the digital currency that they're looking at bringing into the federal government and the rules and laws that go with that. And it's very important because all those things are being devised and designed right now. Thank God for guys like Roll that are on the side of the good guys that are in there trying to advocate for the right things. Anyway, with that, I am going to go ahead and I'm going to sign out. Um, please uh, check us out. We're we're going to be, like I said, on Rumble. If you go over there, catch Sputnik Radio, Political Misfits, John Kiriakou, Michelle Witte, um, and that will be uh, a little later, uh, 1 o'clock Eastern it'll air anyway. So with that, I am Steve Grumbine, and I am the Rogue Scholar, and I am dropping the elbow out of here. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our efforts, please take a moment to subscribe and check out our other work on the Real Progress in Action YouTube channel and visit our sister organization's website at realprogressives.org.